0: chapter five of twenty minutes late by pansy this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter five what could happen an hour afterwards the shrill whistle of the freight and accommodation quickened the footsteps of the two on their return trip both were loaded with apples as many as they could carry and it was not easy to hasten hurry up said rufus looking back with a frown at fanny's lingering footsteps we shall miss the train the next thing and have to foot it don't you hear the whistle i'm hurrying as fast as i can said fanny i'm just as tired as i can be you ought not to have dragged me off rufus kedwin and you'll find mother will think so too the simple truth is both those young people were not only tired but cross at the next minute they reached the train and fairly scrambled in with apples tumbling from them in every direction stupid muttered rufus still with a frown as he saw a large one roll from fanny's grasp you'd better say that to yourself retorted fanny i'm sure you dropped too with most unamiable speed they made their way along the narrow aisled, tobacco-stained floor and bumped into a hard seat it took fanny a little time to recover from the first feeling of utter weariness with which she had thrown herself down as the car bumped and rattled itself over the road toward home she roused herself and began to look about for caroline the result was that rufus who had spread himself out in a seat in front of her his hat drawn over his eyes and his hands stuffed in his pockets felt himself not gently nudged and a shrill voice called into his ear where's line how should i know he said angrily where we left her i suppose curled up in a heap i wish you wouldn't yell into my ear fanny i must do rufus justice and tell you that he was not always in such ill humor as on this particular day the truth was certain matters troubled his conscience and gave an undertone of unhappiness to all his thoughts she isn't either was fanny's apparently irrelevant reply to his last remark i've looked at every seat in this car that's a likely story said rufus there isn't another passenger car on this train i can't help it if there isn't you can see for yourself that she is not here Say, Rufus, I'm afraid she woke up and was scared to find herself alone and got out and walked home because where would she be? Pooh said Rufus. Nevertheless, he roused himself and staggered through the car, which was not an easy thing to do for the train was running even more irregularly than heavily laden freight trains usually do. She isn't here, he said when he at last succeeded in getting back to his seat. I suppose she decided to walk home she took the bundle i laid in her seat what a goose we will get home long before she can and it is pretty dark too oh dear said fanny uneasily i'm afraid ben will blame us and his mother too fanny kedwin you may have observed paid very little attention to the construction of her sentences so that she understood what she meant herself She seemed to consider it of no consequence how puzzling her remarks might be to other people. But Rufus was used to her. "'Let him blame,' he said savagely. "'I should like to know what we have to do with it. If Line Bryant chooses to walk home, she will do it in spite of anything you or I could do. And as for being scared into it, I tell you she is not one of that sort. What was there to scare anybody I should like to know?' all there was to do was to sit still till the car got ready to start but it's so dark fanny murmured trying to rub a clean place in her window and flattening her nose against it i can't see anything hardly she said appealing to rufus after a minute don't look out then said rufus crossly there's nothing to see by daylight worth looking at and he curled himself down in his seat and drew his hat once more over his eyes by no means so composed inwardly as he was trying to pretend that caroline bryant had awakened and weary of waiting had started for home on foot was altogether probable and was a thing her mother would not like i could not have helped it if i had been here muttered rufus she would do what she liked in spite of me but then i suppose i could have tramped along with her and not have got mrs bryant down on me for some reason he did not clearly comprehend why rufus kedwin always felt that he would rather have almost any other person down on him than mrs bryant it was quite dark when the train reached the willow lane station which meant home to rufus and fanny and they made all speed out of the car and down the street toward their mother's house aren't you going to run over to mrs bryant's fanny asked as nearly breathless in trying to keep up with her brother's rapid steps she finally halted at her own door what for i should like to know why to see if line is all right no i am not miss kedwin if you want any more running to-night you may do it yourself i'm ready to go to bed why wouldn't line be all right you talk as though she were daisy or as though it was a hundred miles from the switch to her house it was reassuring to think that rufus had no fears of anything being wrong fanny contented herself with this and entered the house mrs kedwin was busy as usual she had just been attending to the supper of the latest comers and was already planning anxiously what she should have for their breakfast there was very little time to bestow upon her children how late you are she said mr holden stopped to tell me how you missed the train smart people you are to let the train go off and leave you well you had a splendid time i suppose and are as hungry as bears i thought so go to the kitchen and help yourselves susan kept something hot for you i should have been dreadfully worried if it hadn't been for mr holden it was real thoughtful in him to stop i think and then mrs kedwin dismissed them from her mind entirely it was perhaps an hour afterwards just as rufus was preparing to jump into bed that he heard voices in the hall one of which he thought he recognized and opened his door to listen it was certainly mrs bryant's voice his mother was saying in answer to some question apparently why they are in bed i guess yes i'm sure they are fanny went through the room while i was giving susan directions about breakfast and said she was going right to bed she was dreadful tired oh yes they came on the train why didn't ben and caroline come with them you don't say that's very queer i'll call them right away and the stair door opened fanny rufus where are you are you both in bed rufus where are line and ben bryant how should we know answered rufus getting into some clothes and appearing presently in the hall why didn't they come on the train and why don't you come along and tell all you know about them here's their mother most distracted they have neither of them come home with a good deal of cross-questioning Rufus's story was drawn from him. Ben was easily accounted for. There had not been time for him to go to the brook farm and return, and then walk home. But where could Caroline be? I supposed, of course, she was home, said Rufus, now frightened out of his ill humor. Where else could she be? We left her seated in the car all right, and when we got back, she was gone. Fanny and I thought, of course, she had walked home mrs bryant clasped her hands in speechless agony where could her daughter be what steps could she take to find out it seemed to her that she could not wait another minute she must know at once visions of her cherished darling making her way through the dark alone followed by roughs her tired feet stumbling in the track just as a train rushed by visions of everything that could by any possibility surge through a mother's brain in a moment of time beset her rufus came slowly down the stairs his face the image of self-reproachful dismay but no one stopped to look at his face i might take a lantern and go along the road and look for her only and then he stopped it would have been awful to add the thought only if she is to be found along the track she must be dead or she could certainly have made her way home in truth the situation was perfectly unaccountable to him some of the men boarders will soon be in said mrs kedwin shall i get them out to hunt for her along the track she might have fallen you know and sprained her ankle or something that's so said rufus brightening and from that moment he rested his hopes upon a sprained ankle yes said mrs bryant eagerly or no let me think what to do and she leaned against the door and put both hands to her face to try to steady her heart sufficiently to plan suddenly on the quiet air broke the sound of a cheerful whistle rufus sprang forward that's ben's whistle he said he's made good time anyhow and he threw open the front door mrs bryant also recognized the notes and stepped out upon the piazza somehow it did not seem as though anything so terrible could have happened to caroline since her brother was whistling the cheerful music stopped however the moment ben caught sight of his mother's face mother he said huskily what is the matter daisy but he was interrupted my son where is caroline caroline he repeated dazed for a moment isn't she at home then he turned fiercely toward rufus where is line he asked oh ben i don't know said rufus mournfully all his petty ill humor gone under the power of this terrible trouble i would give the world if i did i did not think anything could happen to her you know and he told his story eagerly with a painful sense of the fact that it told nothing at all in regard to the girl's whereabouts ben stood for a moment as one transfixed yet thinking swiftly all the time if he had taken time to look at his mother's face just then he might almost have had a thrill of joy over the keen hopeful gaze she bent upon him young as he was mrs bryant was learning to lean upon her son ben would surely do something mother he said suddenly let us go to mr holden he will know the quickest and best way of doing everything mrs bryant caught at the suggestion yes she said he will know i wonder i had not thought of him go at once ben and have men take lanterns and go down the track yes said ben i will go everywhere she must have tried to walk home and probably sat down to rest and fell asleep or fainted she was very tired and her head ached i'll bring you word of her soon mother will you go home i must said mrs bryant clasping her hands with a convulsive effort to control herself daisy is alone i came out to get some one to go for the doctor she is hoarse and i have left her for a long time i'll go right over there and stay with your mother said mrs kedwin to ben don't you worry about her and rufus shall run for the doctor this minute which rufus was glad to do not a reproachful word had been spoken to him but he did not like the look of ben's eyes when he asked for his sister he did not want to look at mrs bryant at all there was a sense in which he was to blame for this state of things mr holden was not at his boarding-house and no one knew where to look for him a little time was consumed in this way but not much ben almost ran over the gentleman as he was speeding down main street hurrah said mr holden cheerily is this an express train running away but the next moment he was the alert sympathizing friend we must find a railroad man he said quickly one who knows about trains she may have taken the wrong one and your mother is right we must send a party at once down the track toward the switch come with me to the young men's rooms there are a dozen men still there upon whom i can depend rapid work was done after this ben keeping close to mr holden who having started an eager and trustworthy company of young men down the track went himself to the station we will get what information we can here he said then we will take my horse and drive with all speed to the switch i have sent billy to harness her the station looked deserted the last night train was in not another until four o'clock the ticket office was closed and the night watchman knew nothing about trains or roads nothing to be learned here said mr holden we might go to the station agent but perhaps the quickest way will be to drive at once to the junction the night switch man there will surely know about his own switch what a ride it was through the moonlight ben had never taken such a ride before in his life he had often longed to do so he could not have counted the number of times he had said to line what a thing it would be to be skimming over the road on such a night as this nearly always such thoughts came to him when the moon was at its full at last he was having the experience but how far from happy he was mr holden talked cheerfully getting up theory after theory more to comfort ben than because he really was able to plan a theory to suit himself but ben scarcely heard him he was busy going over and over in his mind the wearying question where can line be what could have happened to her and then shivering over certain possibilities which would come crowding to the front here we are said mr holden at last sweeping around the curve and halting his horse before the faithful fellow had fairly stopped ben was on the ground and knocking violently at the little cabin or shed which was the night watchman's stopping place alas for their hopes he knew almost as little as the switchman in town number twenty five freight switched there and number twenty four took on a sort of passenger car it had done so that day he supposed he did not know anything about it but of course it did the car was not sidetracked now so of course it had gone he was not on duty at that point during the day the man who was had gone home sick his place was to be filled by a new hand he went up on the freight that night went to philadelphia his folks lived there some of them no he did not know who got on or off the freight he had not come on duty till eight o'clock that was after the freight had gone well said mr holden after questioning and cross-questioning the sleepy man until he could think of nothing more to ask we must find someone who knows more about trains than this man isn't it possible to find a person who might have been here when the six o'clock freight stood here and who can tell what happened the man was sure he did not know the division superintendent had been down to the switch that day and had spent some time looking about and talking to the switchman but he knew nothing about it himself, only what somebody told him. The man might have been there when the side tracked car was put on. He did not know. Who is that man, and where is he? asked Mr. Holden. He was a Mr. Stevens, who lived in Lackawanna. But he went into town for the night when he was down that way and stopped at the Pelton house, the man guessed, but was not sure. Then we'll go to the Pelton house said mr holden there must be somebody in the world who knows something of course the switchman who had been aroused had to have explained to him what was the matter and ben who listened felt the cold chills creep over his body it seemed so terrible when put into plain brief english that his sister caroline was missing the last that had been seen of her was at six o'clock when she took a seat in the side tracked car, and when the car started, she was not to be found. End of chapter five.